Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight. So excited to be here today. Today's show is going to be so fun. Um, you know, I was supposed to be out of town originally today, and uh, so I was just going to do a rerun for the show. And when uh, this opening came up, I thought, gosh, should I do the rerun? Should I do the show? And then I thought of a really fun person, one of my favorite people that I have done a show with and been involved in, and his name is Adam. Adam is here joining me live today in studio. How it's are great you, to Adam? be here. No, thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, and I think we got... Uh, uh, a really fun group of topics I know. that we get to play with. I know. I'm, I'm really excited today. So before we get started, you know, it's, it's always my thing. I hate reading the bios and, you know, making sure I say people's names right and get all their accomplishments in. So I always give people an opportunity to brag. I make it sound like it's a cool, unique thing that does, that gets me out of, you know, doesn't make me sound like I'm trying to get out of reading their bios. But um, I'm going to give you opportunity to introduce yourself and what you're doing. You've been on the show before. I'm sure several people that are watching listening are familiar with you, but um, in case they aren't, brag away. Uh, thank you. Yeah, my name is Adam Kipnis. I'm a client attraction expert. My business is all about helping my prospects and clients, helping you out there attract more clients. The world is so full of people who are going to get you more leads, but you don't need more leads. You need more clients because clients are what actually brings you revenue. So I have a, an eight-step process that I work with my clients on to, to get more revenue in the door without spending a ton of money on marketing or advertising. So that's my big thing. My uh, I guess my claim to fame, it's actually my client claim to fame, but I've four of my clients have gone from under six figures to over seven figures That's using my system. Uh, so it's been really successful. I've had the opportunity to work with some great people and be on shows like this and, and hopefully give a little thought, advice, and things that people can move their business and life forward. Now, I'm going to help you a little bit here. Tell, tell me about your books. Forgot it. You forgot to brag about your books. Oh, yes. I have two books um, with a third one coming out probably in spring. Um, one is called How to Make More Money in Your Business. I figure give a title of what people are looking for, and that is eight <laughs> steps to to make more money. You can get it at freebookfromadam.com. Uh, and go ahead and download it. Great opportunity there for you to, uh, to implement things that are fast, easy, and step-by-step. -step. And my second book is called 1495. It's all about the decimal because 1495 could be $1495 or it could be $14.95. That decimal point is extremely important. And when you think about any area of your business, there's always a decimal point and That's I want to make sure my clients put that decimal point in the right place in their marketing, their messaging, their advertising, their accounting, their partnerships. All of that, the decimal point is the critical feature. And that's what that book's all about. That's so true. And now you see why I invited Adam to come into. Not only is he really fun, but he's a super uh, profound expert that has a lot of experience with helping his clients. And I think that I love that you've helped take people from six to seven figures. I, I think a lot of people can't say that they've done that. So I really like that. And here's the other thing why I that I really love about you, Adam, is that you aren't just helping people on a professional level, but also personally as well, making sure that their personal life's in alignment as they move forward and things like that. I mean, you aren't a counselor or a coach or anything like that, but you live in integrity for what you do. And, and I really do appreciate that. I can't say that about everybody. So, Well, well thank you. And, and business can, strategy is really important, but culture is the most important thing. And when you 
culture is personal also. Yeah. So each of us have a personal culture, the way we live, the things that we do. And if we can help grow that, the business will automatically follow. And then all the business techniques that we can talk about um, are just additive. So uh, the fun part is when someone has a breakthrough in their personal life that leads to a bigger breakthrough in their business life. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. And I think that the two are so connected. I've been thinking a lot about this lately um, in my own life. And in fact, I came across this really great quote, and I want to start with this today. And, um, and we're going to dive in. So Adam and I picked out some different topics that we thought would be really fun to talk about. We thought about having people call in. We thought about, you know, having these guests and help people. And I said, Adam, let's just pick some stuff that we really want to talk about and let's just talk. So uh, you, if you're listening right now, you get to uh, listen to our, <laughs> our really deep insights on these topics that we chose. And uh, the reason why I chose the topics I chose, Adam, were because these are things that come up over and over and over again with my clients and with the people I work with. Um, and we'll get to what the topics are in just a minute, but why did you choose your topics? What inspired you? Honestly, reading your topics first. Mm -hmm. that oh, I was your inspiration. Thank you. you. It was, was very inspirational because it's, um, it's so easy to come on shows and try and give the nuts and bolts. Or mm -hmm. as one of my coaches, James Malinchek, says, the spark plugs. And we talk about the spark plugs inside of it. So but true. that's not... People don't buy cars for spark plugs. They buy it because of how it makes them feel. Yeah. So sort of the, the soft <gasps> skills that you talked about. So write that down. No, I've uh, got a quote on that already. Oh. <laughs> That's why I said, ooh. Okay, sorry, go ahead. And, and, then, and then the others were, and, and we'll get to them, but there are things that we take for granted mm -hmm. in our lives. Yeah. And, and two of the topics are things that we, we just blow past in our day-to-day. -day. Yeah. And if we took a step back and thought about them, uh, they can make profound, profound differences. And, and so I'm excited to talk about those because I think they can help change perspective for, for the listeners and for everybody out there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've got my, you know, in preparation for the show today, too, I, I wrote down some quotes um, around these topics and of course I brought in my fancy notebook that says boss lady on it but in reality I wrote my quotes on this scratch piece of paper here but um, which is what I usually do I just feel inspired whatever paper's closest I write it down but th that's interesting I want to start with this quote I was going to actually do a different quote but since you brought this up I was recently uh, in Salt Lake City at the City Summit, uh, of course, with Ryan Long, and there were some amazing people there. One of the people there was Dan Clark. Dan Clark's a, a friend of mine. He's on the board of the Speakers Coalition. He's an amazing speaker, uh, absolutely incredible, spoken all over the world. And uh, one of the things Dan Clark said, and of course, he has a, a, a really great book out, too. you got got to check out Dan Clark. Google him. But one of the things the he said— The Art of Significance. Yes, The Art of Significance. Thank you. You're See, welcome. I knew I had you here for a reason. Um, so, so Dan Clark said, reason leads to conclusion— emotions lead to action. And I don't care if you're in business or your personal life or whatever, this can apply to everything. Let me read that one more time. Reason leads to conclusion, emotions lead to action. What does that mean to you? Well, you didn't give me that one to prepare for. Uh, well, it's, if you are personally invested in something, yeah. for whatever reason, you are going to do it. Yeah. If you, if someone tells you something, you will think about it and you will think about how it can work and that can lead a lot of times to that analysis paralysis. But if it's something that touches you, then it changes your perspective. One of the things that I like to work with my clients on is there's a million goal setting books. It's probably a billion dollar industry on goals. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we all set goals and 97, 98% statistically never happen. Right. But when we think about our real lives, 
we don't have you didn't have a goal that I was actually going to show up today. You expected me to show up today. Right, right. We don't have a goal that our kids are going to go to school or do their homework or well, maybe sometimes it's a goal. But we don't have a goal that our employees are going to show up to work. We expect it. Yeah. So we put expectations on other people, but we set goals for ourselves. But what if we put expectations on ourselves and make mm. it real and make it emotional because we expect it from ourselves just like we do others? How much more likely are we to have that thing come to success, come to fruition, and become real? You know, that, that actually brings a really good point. I mean, I think you have to be careful because I think it's, there's a fine line between expectations and perfectionism. I've struggled with perfectionism in my life, but being the oldest child, I always felt like there were certain expectations placed on me. Um, I, I do, I am an overachiever, so I've always expected myself to get A's in school, expected myself to succeed if I do something. And some people call me dis, uh, disillusional. Is that the right word? Disillusioned? Disillusioned, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, uh, but the point is, is that I, you know, I'm thinking about this as you're talking and I'm thinking, wow, it's the goals that I've sometimes failed at, but it's when I expect something from myself, that's when I achieve things. I, I think you're really, that's really profound. You're really onto something. So what's the difference? Is it just a mindset thing? Is it just something you say in your mind? Like instead of saying, well, my goal is to make $100,000 this year, you're going to say, well, I expect to make $100,000 this year. Right. feels different even saying it. Right. Wow, I like it, that. It, it changes... I, I'm not a doctor, but I guess it changes sort of the physiology of the brain and how right. you think about it. I'm sure there's some NLP in there somewhere that mm -hmm. if you expect it, then it's just naturally going to happen. If it's a goal, then it's something that's out there that you're hoping to achieve. So it's more of a hope versus a reality. I've just found yeah. when my clients start to, it's not I expect to make a hundred grand, but yeah, I expect to make a hundred thousand dollars this year versus I really, really, really hope I make $100,000 yeah. this year, it, which well, is a goal. So it's very, very right. different. We're and a little off track, but that's, that's no, sort of no, the idea. No, no, I like it. And <laughs> if you think about it, I love where this is going, because if you think about it, goals are set up to either <laughs> for success or failure. So failure is always an option there. And if you look at the statistics, I mean, they're crazy high for uh, the amount of people that fail. If you look at how many people actually achieve their New Year's goals, the, the, the achievement ratio is very, very small. The failure ratio is much higher. So I like that. Even just saying that out loud, my goal is to make $100,000 this year versus my expectation is to make $100,000 this year, that, you know, expectation, it just feels better. It feels better. I like that. Okay, well, let's get to our topics now. Thank you for indulging me right. said something and it just reminded <laughs> me of that um reason leads to conclusion emotions lead to actions expectations uh, it's more of an emotional thing rather than goals which are more uh in that conclusion arena i guess okay first topic all right i think this was your topic oh dear i actually yeah uh, that was my phone ringing there i forgot to turn on silent okay first topic intention Intention. It's one of my favorite. Intention. One of my favorite topics. One of my favorite words. Intention or being intentional. Um, the book I'm coming out in the spring. Uh, the working title is Accountability Sucks: Fifty Two Tips for Intentional Success. Um, no one wants to be wait, held. Wait, wait, Accountability sucks. Fifty two. What? Tips for intentional success. Oh, accountability sucks. Fifty. Okay, I'm just processing that. Okay, go on. Go on. So. The idea behind it is no one wants to be held accountable Okay. by others or even necessarily by themselves. Yeah, that's But if true. you do certain things in your world, in your life that you plan, that you're intentionally doing, 
you're more likely to actually do them. So for example, if you want to spend an hour on marketing today. Okay. I'm you can it. find an hour to work on your marketing. If you are intentional about it, you will put it on your calendar, probably put a bullet point or two about what you're gonna do in marketing during that hour. And now you've turned something that you want to do into something you intentionally are going to do. So I like having intentions. It goes along with, with expectations. If you are intentional about the success you're having, you're gonna take actions that will further that goal. And so I like people to think, what do I intend to do? What is my overall intention? And then you will take the steps to, to do it. Well, and here's what I like about intention too. Our intention creates our re reality. That's a quote by Wayne Dyer. Our intention creates our reality. So what we are intending to do is what we, we bring into life. I, I think I find it very interesting what you're saying about accountability and intention. And I want to go back to that a little bit because so many programs that I've seen or been in or coaching programs, they say, well, we got to have an accountability partner. That's how you really succeed. Got to have somebody that's asking you all the time what you're doing it, how you're doing it. Why is that not good? I, th I think having an accountability partner is critical, and, and I don't want to discount that. Yeah. But again, it comes back to how do you think about it? Are you being intentional about the success that you have? Someone can say, did you do what you say you were going to do? Did you achieve this? Did you record your webinar, or did you put something on the calendar, mm -hmm. or did you, uh, did you do what you said I'm supposed to hold you accountable to? But if you internally don't make it an intention of yours, that accountability is becomes a little more naggy. Well, I think I think you're onto something because if you if you have accountability without intention, you're doing it for somebody else. Correct. Accountability is absolutely doing it for somebody else. And I've seen this in religion, I've seen this in family structures, I've seen this in work cultures, and that is if somebody's holding you accountable, it becomes this, oh, I'm afraid to disappoint them. You aren't really motivated by your own success, you aren't motivated by what you're passionate about, you're more motivated by this fear, right? This fear of failure or disappointing somebody. But if you add intention behind that, the intention is yours. It's your intention for you. It's not your intention for somebody else. It's not about disappointing somebody else. It's about whether you show up for yourself. So I like that. And I think accountability partners are important too. But my big aha I just had was, you're right, you have to have that intention. It has to be about yourself. And the accountability partner needs to support what you're doing for you. It's not what you're doing for them. One of the, the biggest problems that I've seen where people fail is when they do things for other people or the fear of disappointing other people because at the end of the day, when when you've got something hard going on, your life's crappy, you know, things just aren't going right that day, the motivating factor is not going to be whether you're disappointing somebody else or not. The motivating factor is whether you show up for yourself and whether you love yourself. So I really like that. Uh, you know, the other thing I really like about intention too is that intention really uh, brings things into reality, right? We can, now, we can now envision them. We can now see them into our life. And so many people go through life, and I see this all the time too, and they say, well, I don't want to have an end goal. I don't want to set an intention. I just kind of want to go where I'm led. I just want to kind of see what happens. I just want to see what comes up. But what ends up happening, and, and this is one of our topics, our next topic actually, but just like in Lewis Carroll's book, Alice in Wonderland, Alice comes to this fork in the road, right? She's trying to decide which way to go. The Cheshire cat appears. She says to him, 
hey, which way should I go? And he says to her, well, that that depends. Where do you want to end up? And she says, well, I don't know. I, I really don't have any idea where I want to end up. I'm just kind of going down this road. I'm trying to decide which way to go. And he's like, well, if you don't have an end destination, if you don't know where you want to go, then it doesn't matter which road you take. And if we don't set intentions in our life, then our intuition can't guide us. When we come to those crossroads, those big decisions, and of course we hear, you know, preparation uh, plus opportunity equals success. So when we have those opportunities, if we aren't prepared with an intention, who cares what direction you go? You know what I'm saying? So you have to know where you want to end up. So let's, let's, you know, I love talking about this and, you know, an abstract form and intention and what it really means, but come, let's, let's bring it down to actually actionable items. So how do you, set an intention um do you adam do you do this daily i mean you've talked about this in your book you have 52 steps for it so what are some of those steps how do you actually make that an actionable item setting an intention it it goes with the expectation so we've got an Mm -hmm. expectation of x i want to make so much money i i expect to spend christmas in hawaii whatever it is and that's the expectation. And now how do I be intentional about getting there? And I think the saying is a, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And it, what is, what is that one thing you can be intentional about today that will further that goal? It could be calendaring something. It could be hiring an accountability coach. It could be hiring a business coach. It could be mentoring someone because if you mentor someone mm-hmm. else, you learn and you get great feeling giving back that it comes back to you and 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 furthers you in in your life those are are some of the tips some of the the more specific ones are as basic as having a to-do list or on the flip side having a not to-do list Mm -hmm. and if you write those things down and you are intentional about every step of the way you're much more likely in five days in five months in five years to be continually closer to whatever that ultimate dream is with ex- expectations and intentions all along the way. Yeah, I, I love that. Now, I, I want to leave, uh, before we go to commercial, I want to leave everybody with one challenge, if that's okay with you. And this is something that I do regularly, is I'll wake up in the morning and I'll set between one and three intentions. So some mornings I'm feeling a little ambitious. I set three. Some mornings I'm like, hey, all I can handle today is one. But what is one thing, one intention that you want to do for today that's going to help you, like Adam said, that's going to help you progress or grow in your your, either your business or your personal life. And and here's something that is really important about intention. When you're setting intention, the success or failure of that intention cannot be based on another person. Okay, the success or failure of your intention cannot be based on another person because then you are not in control of your own destiny. So for example, if my intention was, oh, I want to make I want to make my daughter smile today, right? That success is not based on you can Me. do all the right things in the right. world. If she's in a grumpy mood, she's not going to smile. But what I can do is I can set an intention. I can say, I'm going to send my daughter a, a really funny meme today, or I'm going to send something meaningful to my daughter. I'm going to text her during school today. And that's something that I'm in control of or I'm in charge of. When it comes to business, you can't say, well, you know, I'm going to make sure my team makes $100,000 today. You can't, you know, you can't do, you can't, you aren't in control of what your team makes, right? Their performance or success is not based on you, but you can motivate your team. So maybe your intention is, well, today my intention is to uh, call a team meeting and share with my team some inspiration 
inspirational or motivational thoughts and goals. So just just a thought. So while we're on commercial break, if you're listening, of course, you're on Facebook Live, you're going to stay with us. If you're listening, while we're on commercial break, write down what is one to three intentions that you want to accomplish today, things that the success or failure of that is based on what you do. When we come back, our next topic, one of my favorites, intuition. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer, celebrity friends, and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. All right, I'm here in studio today, uh, joining you with my friend and business colleague, Adam. Adam Kipnis, did I see your name right? You did. Good, that's good. <laughs> I, was, I was worried about saying people's names right. Um, 
Adam's a pretty easy one. Kipnis gets yeah. me sometimes, but well, it, it's <laughs> heard it, I've heard it. Cape Hines. My, my name. It's two syllables. You, if you read it, kids <laughs> under the age of ten get it every time. Adults move the K and the yeah. P, and they put them together, and they don't know what to do with the end. And, <laughs> and back in the world of big time telemarketers, yeah. you always knew because you didn't have caller ID, so you didn't know who yeah. was calling. Yeah, and yeah. when they butchered the name and uh, Nipes and it just came out all different ways. I was like, oh, so you're a good friend of his? Mm, yes. yes, I am. Oh, yes, very yeah. close. Well, yeah. now that I say your <laughs> name right, well, we, everybody knows we're actually friends. Um, okay, intuition. My next topic. I really love this topic. And we were talking on break how this is kind of a little different because intuition is more like woo-woo, girly, typically, than is like men, you know. But here, I have a quote by a man. By a man. Named Dean Koontz. And he said, intuition is seeing with the soul. Ooh, intuition is seeing with the soul, but what does that really mean? And and what is that? How do you how do you you know use intu- intuition with a business? I've got a lot of thoughts on intuition. My book, Soul Intuition, um, but I want to hear what what are your thoughts on intuition? I mean, just very raw, real. Do you do you use it? Do you like it? Do you believe in it? What is it to you? So no, um, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't I, I don't know that I, I think of myself as particularly intuitive. Yeah, but there are times where uh, you you know the answer, you just know the answer, and I think that's it, that some of that is intuition. That's whether it's experiences. There's a um, there's all sorts of assessments out there. One that I've taken in the past is called Strength Strengths Finder, and my yeah. number one strength for anyone who's taken my number one strength is context. Hmm. So I put every situation I'm in in the context of my surroundings and in the con- context of what I know. So if I'm in a situation where I can bring past experiences, mm-hmm. that leads me to how I'm going to react in that situation, how I'm gonna feel about it, and how I'm ultimately going to understand it. And so for me, I think that context is, a, is maybe my way of using intuition. Yeah. Because I know how I'm gonna react in a certain situation because of all the past experiences of my life come out and tell me, oh, this is what you should do, or this is how to react. So maybe it's a little bit different in the way my brain work, thinks about it, but I think they're kind of the same thing. You're the intuition master. Yes, so when, when you too. think about it, and when, when you meet new clients or you meet people who you're gonna help in business, life, and speaking, and everything else, how do you teach them about intuition? Yeah, well, you know, there's a kajillion different definitions for intuition. You know, you can look online, and there's not, I mean, probably there's something in Merriam-Webster's dictionary that's maybe more standard, but really everybody has their own idea of what intuition is. To me, intuition is when you use your past experiences, your God-given gifts and talents, and, and then really listen to that passion within you to make your decisions and choices. And I think it's more of tapping into that, that subconscious conscious brain. And uh, for those of you who haven't listened to Simon Sinek's The Golden Circle, it's a TED Talk. And he talks about how people make decisions based on how they feel. And there's actually a part of your brain that activates when you make decisions. If you don't feel good about something, you are not going to move forward with that choice. If you feel good about something, you move forward with that choice. So it's really learning how to tap into that feeling 
portion of us. And, you know, for a guy, maybe gut feeling is a little more masculine <laughs> than like, I'm following my intuition. Um, you know, so, you know, you can say gut feeling. But but intuition is that thing that um, guides us in that direction or maybe that it's that thought that we get, you know, throughout the day, hey, I need to call this person. I need to do this. I need to pursue that. I need to read this, whatever that is, and following through on that. And for me in business and personal life, when I get those thoughts and they're backed with a feeling of a passion behind them and I follow through on those, I never, ever regret those thoughts. And I mean, I can tell you story after story after story, but one of those was um, actually how I got my TV show. I had been a guest on a show um, with a mentor, a coach of mine, and he had a show called Hollywood Entrepreneur. And I was a guest on that show and then I was invited back the next day to do some co-hosting. And, um, and after I did that, I just kept getting this feeling, Allison, well, first of all, I really loved it. And I realized I love TV. But second of all, I kept getting this feeling, Allison, you know, you could have a show, you could have a show, you could do a show. And, and I kept telling myself, oh, no, no, no. Y you know, what experience do I have? Who's going to listen to me? I kept getting this thought, just call this mentor of yours and, and call the producer that you met at the show and talk to them. So I called my the guy who was my coach or mentor. He said, yeah, you know, if a show spot ever comes up there, I'd love to produce your show. I called the the producer at the studio and he said, we have a spot open. Why don't you do a pitch and let me know? And so I went back to my coach and mentor and did the pitch and that's how I got my TV show. I've now been able to interview many people on there, feel so fulfilled. It ran on cable. I reached millions of people. Like, you know, it was just all based on that thought. And I think so often we doubt those things and we, we don't listen to those things. And really, when we stifle or don't listen to those feelings or don't follow through or act on that intuition we get, that leads to depression because our subconscious minds, our bodies, our souls are telling us, you need to follow through with this. You need to act on this. And then we say, well, I don't really trust you, self. I don't really trust you. So I'm going to do this. And then we get all mixed up in our head and we get stuck in that mental space that you were talking about where we start over thinking things just be quiet for a second trust in yourself and follow that gut feeling that's what intuition is so interesting and when when you were talking about trusting in yourself and, and intuition we know whether if we just don't feel right and whether it's it's health or whether it's in business there's something that we just we just don't feel right but a lot of times we don't trust ourselves that we're making the right decision yeah. and so we follow maybe what someone else told us or we follow the herd or uh, we we do what's easiest rather than what we think we should one of my favorite quotes uh by ernest hemingway is the best way to find out if you can trust someone is to trust them <laughs> that's good that's and, good yeah. and i love it because it's so mm -hmm. simple that we all we in life we try and figure out is, can I trust that person? What's mm -hmm. what's the experience? What's the history yeah. say? What research can I do? Um, but if you trust them, they answer that question right away, and it's really yeah. quick and easy. Either they follow through or they don't, and you know right away without having to go through all this. But if you think about it in yourself, and you turn that quote to the best way to trust yourself is to trust yourself, and how much more successful have we been in our lives because we trusted an idea that we had or we trust something. I started my podcast, The Entrepreneur's MBA, because I wanted to, much like you interview other people, I wanted to find a reason to talk to people maybe outside of my sphere of influence or outside of my general circle 
And rather than just calling them up and saying, hey, it's Adam, you know, what are you up to? I decided, all right, I'll interview them on my show. I'll learn all about them. I'll get knowledge. I'll be able to broadcast it to my audience and they can learn something. And then I'll have a connection with someone that may go somewhere, may not. But doing the first one, it's you get in the head of no one's going to listen. No one cares. I'm not a good interviewer. It's not an interesting topic. But I, I just trusted that this was a good thing for me. And now I'm 50 episodes in and I've got uh, someone from London called and said, hey, I listened to your show and I want to be on it. Uh, I was like, I didn't know I was international, <laughs> but uh, That's awesome. it, it turned out to be a, a great show, a great interview. And now I've got, you know, a budding audience of four or five people, you know, in the UK <laughs> that, are, that are listening. Cool. But it started with, I think this is right for me, so I'm going to go do it. Well, and it goes the other way, too. And I want to I want to talk about that a little bit. And that is when you get that gut feeling, hey, this is the wrong thing. This is the wrong direction. Stop. Don't do this. Listen to that. That's part of your intuition, too. I was having a discussion with somebody the other day, and just all of a sudden in my mind, there's like a, <laughs> stop, stop. Like, do not have this discussion with that. And I continued having the discussion, and I really regret it because uh, it came back to, to, to haunt me. Um, and I thought, gosh, why didn't I listen to my intuition, right? Th this brings me to a really interesting point, and I, I want to go into our next topic of purpose too but but um I was listening this this totally rocked my world I was listening to an interview um, between Oprah again this is my really feminine side you're probably like I was listening to these men podcasts and I'm <laughs> like I was listening as to I'm you, sitting Oprah. Here on a purple shirt well, that's true that's true I've, I've, got, I've got the leather jacket on so I'm good. but uh, I, I was listening to this conversation that Oprah was having with Carolyn Miss Carolyn Miss wrote Anatomy of the Spirit love that book and Carolyn said something and, and this is what started this whole idea, I think, even for the show and these quotes and everything. Carolyn Miss said, people suffer when they pursue a life or chase a dream that doesn't belong to them. Let me read that one more time. People suffer when they pursue a life or chase a dream that doesn't belong to them. So I want to go into purpose here. Um, how does someone find their purpose? How do they find what dream that is? Because I think there's a lot of people out there, myself included, I've gotten in this trap too of maybe we feel like we have this purpose or this passion of doing something and we really want to do it, but then we get afraid, right? Oh, we can't do it or we just need to work for somebody else or we just need to, you know, have a partner or we can't, you know, and then we end up chasing somebody else's dream, right? We end up working for somebody else. We end up, I mean, not, not that that's bad all the time, but, you know, we just know and it's that feeling that you know you have more to offer the world. You know you have more to offer the world, and you aren't doing it. And you know that you're putting your effort and energy into tracing somebody else's dream, and it's not yours. So how do you find that purpose? How do you make that shift? I, I love this topic because it's, it's so personal to everyone and sometimes it's almost so obvious we miss it. And, and I'll give a quick story about a friend of mine who uh, she was pursuing an, uh, a certification in, in coach, leadership coaching, but it was an expensive program and she needed to get through the program, which is about six months, and then needed to do a certain number of hours coaching people in order to get the final certification. And so this is going to be a year-long process. But in the meantime, 
she needed to put food on the table. She needed money. Right, right. Well, and that's a valid concern. I mean, you can't just drop everything and go, like, chase after something and be like, oh, well, you know, live on the street. My kids will be fine. They'll fend for themselves. <laughs> like, what do, you, <laughs> right. what do you do? Right. And so she knew her purpose was mm-hmm. to be a leadership coach. Right. She knew the people she wanted to coach. She knew the industry. Right. She knew everything about it. But in this short term, she needed to make money while it funded this cause that she was that she was going out on. And so... Yeah, I asked her, what, what do you need? And she's like, well, I need enough money so I can pursue my coaching. Mm-hmm. Great. So you get a job, and your ultimate purpose you'll, you'll be able to achieve. You're going to achieve that regardless if you get a job or if you're poor or if you live in a car or if you have millions. Your purpose will be achieved. But think about it, about what is the purpose of this job? The purpose of this job is not to build a long career. It is not to help this greater company make more money. The purpose of this job is to get you from A to B. So when I think about purpose, it's not just what is my purpose here on earth, which I think is to be a good person, to be a great husband, to support my wife, and to make sure that the people around me are better people. I think that's my ultimate purpose. But what is my purpose about what I'm doing and does it help me achieve the ends that I'm looking for? So for her, the purpose of that job was to get through the next year so she could financially pursue her dreams. Yeah. And I like I like how you bring that up because I think when people talk about purpose, they're like, what is the purpose of my life? You know, <laughs> what is my purpose? And Carolyn Miss brought up this good point. She said, everybody that's born on earth you have a reason for being here. Being alive gives you a purpose and a reason. And what is your purpose? And there could be many purposes. Like you said, ultimately, maybe our purpose is to be a good person, to be a good, you know, in our relationships, to raise the frequency of the planet in whatever way we can. And maybe maybe the, the means to allow us to do that is is we're a janitor, you know, in the, in the high school. And we smile at people as they walk by and, you know, got the money to help take care of our family or whatever that is. So I, I like that. I like that perspective a lot. Here's something to, to consider. And I mean, this is something I do. When people come to me and they say, Allison, I don't like what I'm doing right now. So let's let's talk about the purpose of your job, your career, whatever. They say, I, I don't like that. I want to make a shift in that. I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be teaching people, supposed to be helping them. I work with a lot of coaches, mentors, speakers, authors, people that feel like they have a message for the world, right? Yep. So when they come to me and they say, Allison, I, I know that there's something. I'm just trying to hone in what that is. You know, I'm trying to figure that out. I have them do a simple exercise. And it's something I call peg your potential. And it has to do with three questions. And uh, you can even write this down on a piece of paper, right? It, you think about at the top, you write a P and then the next column is the E and the next column is the G. So the P stands for passion. Ask yourself this, what are you passionate about? Write down five to 10 things that you're passionate about. What are you passionate about? So Adam, what are you passionate about? Give me a couple. What lights you up? uh, The biggest thing I'm passionate about is is making, seeing others have breakthroughs. Seeing someone learn something and implement it and doing something they didn't think they could do before. Mm. Uh, I love that. And that's what I love about my, my coaching and consulting business is giving one thought, one idea, one path that changes some of their eyes light up. So that's one thing I'm extremely passionate about. Um, I'm extremely passionate about the Green Bay Packers. I um, am too, so, I had no idea. 
Really? I don't, we didn't talk about this? No, I don't think we did. I don't think so. That's I'm, my, I'm that's my team. So I, I'm, I'm really passionate really? About, about the Packers wow. okay. and not just in, in a football way. Like, it's part of my, my soul. I think that's why um, you're here. I think that's why I felt drawn to you. Like, my intuition was telling Packer, me. Packers, Packers, come guys together. Like, <laughs> 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 no kidding. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I like that, too. And, yeah, and, you know, you bring up a really good point. You can write down stuff like that. I mean, people are like, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm like, just, like. Let it flow. What do you really like? Okay, so second thing. So passion. Write down five to ten things you're passionate about that really lights you up, that you love doing. Okay, second thing. E stands for experiences. What experiences have you had in your life that you've learned from and you now feel like you can guide others? And let me explain this a little bit. True fulfillment comes when we feel like we are passing along a legacy, leaving some kind of wisdom or counsel for some for somebody, right? That's when we feel really fulfilled, like we've made a difference in the world. So what experiences have you had that you've learned from in your life that maybe, you know, if you're religious, you can say that God's given you, or I mean, however you want to phrase that, that you now have learned from and can pass that wisdom experience along to other people. Think of five or 10 experiences. Some of them could be big experiences, like it could be like the birth of a child, the death of a loved one, a marriage, something like that. But some of them are, they don't have to be big things. They can be small things. They can be, you know, maybe, uh, you know, there was a, a interesting um, thing that I had with an uh, experience that I had with a boy in India when I was in India, and it just lasted like two minutes, but it changed my life. So, you know, think of what is an experience that you've had or, you know, a list of experiences that you've learned from that you can share something with people. So just off the top of your head, Adam, what's an experience that you've had that you've learned from? The the biggest one I learned from, I grew up in a traditional middle class, upper middle class upbringing. I lived in the mm -hmm. suburbs. I went to school. I was supposed to go to college. That was one of those expectations that uh, was never a question. I was going to college. That's just mm -hmm. the way that my family was raised in my neighborhood, everyone I went to school with. Yeah. And so I, I, I went to college and, and I had this traditional corporate upbringing from, from a lifestyle and, and what I thought of myself. Well, I had a history and poli-sci degree uh, and I don't recommend history and poli-sci for, <laughs> for a job perspective. Yeah, I started uh, out as a history major too. We've got uh, a lot in common. Yeah, I love the knowledge I, get, I got from it, but uh, having a history degree didn't really work from a job perspective, especially in 1994 when I graduated, which was a terrible economy. You couldn't get yeah. a job if you had a real major, let alone history and <laughs> poli-sci as a double major. Yeah. And so yeah. I went to Europe. And it, it was sort of on a whim. It was, I'm going to go to Europe. And my mom said, okay, go to Europe. And my parents were divorced. My dad said, okay, have fun, go to Europe. Both thinking that the other one would would say this is a dumb idea. We're not going to send our kid to Europe on a one-way ticket. But I, when I went to Europe, I was working in a Czech public school and I was teaching English in, in the public school. Uh, really interesting experience, but when I was there, I needed an apartment. My lease was running out. We were paying, me and five guys in a one-bedroom apartment, like in sleeping bags, <laughs> were paying $800 a month Yikes. for an apartment that was probably like $80 a month if mm -hmm. you were Czech. And I was telling one of the teachers, I don't know where to live, I need some place to go, I've got about a week. And one of the students said, my family has an apartment in their building and they give it for free to someone who teaches my sister and, and myself English. Okay, so I started teaching them English four days a week and I had a free place to live. 
and they introduced me to someone else and I started teaching their kids English and they introduced me to somebody wow. else and they teach their kids English. And what I learned from that, I didn't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. But next thing I know, I've got 15 clients that I'm teaching English to and now I've got this budding little business. And one of my other friends uh, was a bartender but he needed some extra money, so he took one of my clients. And now I had, a, I guess, an independent contractor employee that I was paying uh, like $2 an hour to, but that was enough for beer and, and for food. And so I had a little business. And so that experience, that natural journey in now having this little business has helped me in so many ways when I work with my clients, when I think about myself. I didn't learn any of that in school. That's what led to my podcast, which is the Entrepreneur's MBA, lessons that you just can't learn in yeah. school. That's one of the big experiences for me that has helped me in a number of different things because doing one thing will organically lead to something else. Yeah, I really like that. And that's a perfect example of an experience that you had. So again, when you're looking for your passions, number one, or when you're looking for your really your purpose, number one, what are you passionate about? Number two, what experiences have you had? I mean, think about that experience, where it led you, what you learned from it, how you're able to use that to help other people. And, and if you're listening, write that down, write down, you don't have to write down the whole experience, but write down a word, like your word would be Europe experience, right? right. And then the G, so we're pegging our potential piece for passion, E first experience, G, is what are your God-given gifts and talents? What are the things that you're just naturally good at, right? So one of the ones for me, TV. I grew up, my dad was a, a newscaster growing up. I never did any TV till I was on that show I was talking to you about earlier, The Hollywood Entrepreneur. Yep. I was just naturally good at it. That was just, a, that's like a God-given gift and talent I have. Maybe it runs in my DNA. I don't know if it's from watching my dad when I was little, but that is something that is a gift that I have. Another gift that I have is connecting with people. So if you'll write down in these columns five to ten things, what five to ten things you're passionate about, five to ten experiences you've had that have changed your life and you can use to teach others, and five to ten God-given gifts and talents that you have, things that you're just naturally good at, then look at those. That's going to help lead you towards your purpose and think about it two ways. Number one, think about what can you do with all of those things, like maybe a coach, a speaker, a mentor, you're writing a book, but Think about what you're already doing. How can you use those passions, those experiences, and those gifts and what you're already doing and how you're already living your daily life to share those with people? I mean, think about all the amazing technology we have today. Living your purpose could be writing something on Facebook that you feel inspired to share with the world. It could be, you know, taking a moment to share a story with your kids, something that you've learned from that they haven't heard before. So living with purpose is, I, I think, really important. Okay, next topic that I want to talk about. I think this is a really interesting topic. Oh, man, we've got so many good ones here. I want to talk about partnership. And um, and as I was thinking about this, this was your topic. And I yes. was like, well, what, what does he mean by partnership? Does he mean like in life? Does he mean in business? But, but one of the, the quotes that I that I came up with that I thought was really interesting, and I think it relates to all kind of partnerships, is by Brene Brown. She's another one of my woo-woo sisters. I love her. I'm reading her book, Braving the Wilderness, right now. She said, connection is why we're here. It's what gives us purpose and meaning to our lives. So it's kind of transition from purpose there into partnership. Uh, one more time, connection is why we're here. It is what gives us purpose and meaning to our lives your thoughts on that and why did you want to talk about partnership today Adam I, I love that quote I uh, a friend of mine uh, is reading dare to lead I'm hoping she finishes it really fast that's Brene's new book because I want to read it Ooh, I uh, can't wait yeah. yeah it just came out oh I'm excited uh, for that one and I, I think that she's 
she hits the nail on the head in terms of partnership. It's very easy for us to get uh, internally focused on what's good for me. Now, we may think it's, if it's good for me, I can help my clients and I can do all right. these great things, but we think about what's, what's good for me. Rarely do we think about how can I support others to make it good for me? Okay, so, so what do you mean by that? Explain that a little bit. That's very interesting. I agree with you, but what's your, what's your explanation? So I'll, I'll take this one in, in, from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. Many businesses and many people talk about referrals. Right, okay. And they want to find referral. They call them referral partners, but they want referrals. Well, I've heard referral friends lately too, referral oh, friends. Referral mm -hmm. friends. Yeah. I've not heard friends. that. <laughs> okay. Those are people who give you clients. And then you're friends with them. And then you're friends with them. Yeah, because you, they give you clients. All right. So that, that's partially way down the path. But okay. when, when people ask for referrals, mm -hmm. they are really asking, what can you do for me? True. And I see this a lot because I've, I've got clients in, in real estate and really a natural referral relationship is a mortgage broker and a real estate agent. Right. But what we find is real estate agents tend to be the people who give the referrals to the mortgage person. That makes sense. It's a little different today because some people go and get their mortgage. The planners go and get their, their mortgage, get pre-approved, and then go to look yeah. for a house. But in most cases, people are like, oh, I want to buy a house. And so they go and they get an agent, and then they figure out if they can actually afford it and get a mortgage. Right. So it's a one-way street of those referrals going to one person. Absolutely. And so when we ask for referrals, what we're asking is, what can you do for me? But if you think about it as a partnership, what can we do together? And how is this a beneficial relationship? And so for many, sometimes it's as easy as, rather than saying, can you refer someone to me, saying, I'd love to set up a joint venture relationship with you, where anybody that you introduce me to that becomes a client, I will give you X. I will give you a percentage of the profits. I will give them a discount. Yeah. I will make a donation to charity in your name. Yeah, can I work with you? Yes. <laughs> Please send That's me good. all your people and That's I good. will make it a win-win for both. And win-win yeah. is a little bit overused, but I like partnership because I want myself, most importantly, and the people I work with to think about, all right, how is someone else going to benefit from sending me a client? Well, it, at the end of the day, I mean, what it comes down to is, and I'm constantly telling my team this, is it's not about you, it's about them. Every single person that you talk to, even if they're the least selfish person in the universe, is asking themselves in the head, like, why should I invest my time with you? Why should I invest my money with you? Why should I invest into a partnership relationship with you? Why, why, why? How does this benefit me? I mean, that's just part of being a human, right? Yep. We have to decide where to invest our time and our money and our efforts and our relationship, you know. We we decide that. So it's always needs to be approached from the standpoint of how is it going to benefit them? And I'm a huge believer in that. Here's here's a problem that I want to bring up. And this is something that I think maybe women struggle with more than men. When it comes to partnerships, and you're talking about giving and receiving, and one of my uh, one of my affiliate partners that I really love and admire, Dave Van Hoos, he's always talking about this idea of, of karmic debt. He says, you know, if you give more than you receive, you actually go into karmic debt with a person. Or if you receive more than you give, anyway, you get the idea, yep. right? So one of my struggles is 
when I start working with a partner, I get really excited and I really want to help them. And I end up chasing their dream. Like this quote I did earlier, people suffer when they pursue a life or chase a dream that doesn't belong to them. And I've, I've actually tipped the scales that way a little bit, being like, I want to be such a good partner. Remember, I'm an overachiever. Yep. I told you that. You want to overachieve on the partnership? So, so <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a different way of looking at things too. I mean, I think some partners are takers, right? And they take, right. take, take, and some partners are givers and they'll give, give, give until they feel like they have nothing to give. And then they become resentful and angry because they feel like, hey, this person hasn't done things in return. So how do you, how do you make sure that things are in balance when it comes to a partnership? Because a true partnership has that, you know, giving and receiving and is in karmic balance. I had this conversation with um, a friend of mine. Do you know, um, Dave Meltzer. His name sounds so familiar. I'm sure um, I know, I know so of him, but I'm not like... D Dave Meltzer runs a, a Sports One Marketing. It's, it's a marketing yeah. business in Newport Beach. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. He okay. also has um, a podcast, works with a, a, a lot of athletes, and, and his life mantra is, I want to give a $100 bill to everyone I meet and hope I get $20 back. Okay. So he's a giver. He wants to give, 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 knowing that if I get $20 back, $20 <laughs> back, $20 back... Yeah. I'm gonna eventually win in the long run. But part of the way he thinks about it is, yes, I wanna be able to give to somebody else. What am I gonna get back? Sometimes it's monetary. Sometimes you give a service and you get cash back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's friendship. You, you wanna help someone you know and it deepens the friendship and you get to know them better. Sometimes it's joy. All of us have our, our charitable activities we're involved in. I, I'm the co-chairman of the, of the Phoenix Tour to Cure. We raise money for diabetes. And I spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of mental energy in putting that event together. And we have about 1,500 participants. And what do I get back from it? I don't get money. I don't get treatment because I, I don't have diabetes. But I get to know that I help somebody else. So I think mm -hmm. it's really important that when you give just know what you're going to get back. It doesn't have to be the reason you do it, but know what it is. And I think that can help keep that in balance. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. You bring up an interesting point. I think, you know, one of the things that when I was listening to that interview with Carolyn Miss and, and Oprah, um, she said, let go of expectations of others. And we talked earlier in the, in the show about expecting things of ourselves, but I think the greatest disappointment in life is when we place expectations on other people. We're doing something expecting to get something in return that we don't get because we aren't in control of that person. So I love that thought of know why you're doing it and what you want to get in return and make sure that that's something that is is going to happen, that you aren't placing that expectation on somebody else. Because just because you expect them to do something doesn't even mean they're aware that you want that in return, right? Right. So um, so creating that, I love that. So I can't believe it. Our show is like, our time's up. <laughs> so it's time Already? to close. Yeah, I know. Can you believe that? They're like 30 seconds. They're going to, but I wanted to. Add I had a, a really good story on preparation. Though. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, maybe we'll have to have you come back because I know I've got all these quotes on preparation. That was our next topic. So um, you know what? Let's continue this on Facebook Live tomorrow. Let's okay. do, we're going to do a part two on Facebook Live. So if you aren't friends with me on Facebook, uh, make sure and friend me at Allison Hildebrandt Larson on Facebook. Uh, Adam and I will join you tomorrow talking about preparation on Facebook Live. Um, we'll have a continuation of this uh, conversation. Uh, Adam, uh, last couple of words. What do you want to leave the listeners with today? 
the big thing is, I hope this was beneficial. I know we were we were brainstorming and we were just talking about what came to our head based on different topics, but we both hope that something, anything, if it triggered something good in you, if it, it gave you an idea, it made you go out to take action or have a question, uh, definitely reach out to either one of us if there's anything we can fill in. It was just a great opportunity to have fun thinking about different words and what they mean to us yeah. and what we can do with them. Well, thank you so much, Adam. You've been listening to Spotlight. I'm Allison H. Larson. And tune in next week where we'll have more guests that have transformed their lives and are working to transform the lives of others. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.